to find a healthier balance for every day. This is Building Balance on KCLOR with personal trainer and nutritional coach Natalie Lennon. Everybody, you are very welcome along to another episode of Building Balance here on KCLR. It is Natalie Lennon with you, hosting this eight-week series dedicated to helping you build a healthier, happier and balanced life. Each week we are choosing just one topic to explore alongside an expert, or today I should say two experts, which join me for the duration of the show, taking an in-depth look at some of the most important aspects of well-being exercise and nutrition throughout the series. You may know I'm a personal trainer and nutritional and health coach myself and it's an honour as always to be here sharing my passion with you alongside some of the country's best experts in each field. If you want to get in touch with the show. Now today's show it's all about nutrition. I have two amazing nutritional experts in the studio with me. So if you want to get your questions in, the dinnersready.ie contact line is 083 306 9696. You can text or WhatsApp me there. Or if you want to contact me after the show, you can email Natalie Lennon at kclor96fm.com. Now, so far on Building Balance, this is show seven of eight. So we have discussed strength training, running, hormonal health, the outdoors. We had Supplements 101 last week with Tomas from TK Pharmacy. And a reminder, you can listen back on Spotify or the KCLR website. Just search Building Balance with Natalie Lennon and be sure to rate the show if you do. Now today... As I mentioned, we are going to dive into all things nutrition. Now, we could do an endless series on nutrition here. One hour simply isn't enough. But today, we hope to educate you on the basics, bust some myths and misconceptions, and maybe help you pinpoint what it is you could be lacking or that one thing you could do that you could change when it comes to your diet that could have a huge impact on your health. With simple ways to enhance your quality of life. Building Balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon. It is my pleasure now to welcome back to KCLR not one but two extremely knowledgeable nutritional therapists that have a passion for helping people transform their lives through their diet and lifestyle, I should add. Whether it's just helping someone to achieve optimal health, or it's managing a chronic disease, improving a hormone imbalance, even boost their mental health. The ladies of Bioga Nutrition, based right here in Kilkenny, are outstanding when it comes to their work, their passion and their knowledge. Linda Murray and Jenny White, you are very welcome back to Casey Lauren on to Building Balance. Thanks for having us, Natalie. Natalie. I'm so excited to have you here. You both know that we could talk about nutrition for hours, I think, every time you come in. We had both of you on quite a few times throughout January on the January Drive, and I'm thrilled to have a full, well, 45 minutes here with you now. To kickstart, for listeners who may not have heard of Bioga Nutrition, if they've been living underneath a rock, or the term nutritional therapist, which is a lot different to what I would say I am, a nutritional health coach. It's much higher up the ladder. Could you tell us a little bit about the work that you do? Um, So nutritional therapy is literally using nutrition as a therapy to help people feel better and in essence that's that's what we do day in day out but I suppose everybody is starting from a different point nutrition wise and they all have different goals so our job is to personalize it for everybody and to try help them 
feel better but from where they're starting from with realistic plans so we do that through diet and lifestyle changes amazing i love how you explain it as you know it's a therapy but we do it to nutrition Um, sometimes i never look at it that way even though therapy is in the title it makes it sound a lot more um kind of approachable yeah, some people don't consider food as medicine or even as part of their health regime. And I suppose that's the core of what we do is to try and change that outlook because what we eat is ultimately the foundation of how the building blocks of our bodies. So it's super important. Absolutely, absolutely. Nutrition, it's such a broad term. And there is so much we could touch on today, but the aim here is to help our listeners build better balance. So firstly, can I ask you to define, you know, the term processed foods and maybe the dangers that are there to our health with these? I thought I'd dive straight into a term that listeners might relate to and they hear a lot, but maybe they don't know exactly what they are. Yep. So processed food, I suppose there's no official definition that I can give you to be to be clear. Yeah. But if we're talking about processed food um, in the clinic, what we're talking about are you know any foods that are in a a jar or in a can or came out of a factory rather than were grown or born and they have a number of ingredients now I suppose in Ireland we're very lucky there are some small food producers that produce good quality meals you know it's Mm -hmm. the same as home cooked you're just not making it yourself but when we're talking about processed food we're talking about really long ingredients lists foods that you wouldn't necessarily have at home lots of extra ingredients in your food that are there for you know to preserve it to give it a longer shelf life to get a better mouthfeel it's really they're there for the food manufacturing company to get you to eat more and then therefore buy more mm-hmm. they're not there from a health perspective and for example if you're buying a packet of buns in a supermarket and there's a shelf life of six months on them chances are there's ingredients in there to extend the shelf life of that product whereas if you are making buns yourself and it was flour and eggs and butter and you know sugar whatever yeah it's a much simpler process so it's to try it's all that extra stuff is really what we are looking at when we're talking about processed food it's all of these foods with kind of really long expiration dates you're kind of talking you know biscuits maybe some chocolate bars, maybe some of the cereals that we see out there, Um, takeaways, I'm sure there's plenty there. Now, when it comes to the dangers of having too much processed food, you probably have some people listening, well, sure, what's the harm? Do you know, there's there's no proven harm with with some of these additives and ease. What is the harm of having too much processed foods? Yeah, it's actually really interesting. Um, I was listening, so one of the, the things I suppose to remember is having some... I'm not going to call it processed food, but, you know, jars of ingredients or whatever at home. It can be very helpful and cheat ingredients, I call them, can be very helpful and can be part of a very healthy, balanced diet. (coughs) Excuse me. But if you're eating a lot of ultra processed foods regularly, the chances are you're eating more sugar, more salt, more saturated, not saturated fat, but more uh, hydrogenated fats or, or damaged fats in your food. They're hyper palatable. So like processed foods are very easy to overeat. They're often packaged together with lots of sugar and salt and Mm -hmm. and flavour in one go. So they're very easy to overeat. So they're highly calorific if you're into calorie counting, which we're not. Mm -hmm. But actually, if you look at the nutritional content, they're often completely void. So if people are trying to feel better and they're trying to, you know, whether somebody's trying to improve their energy or improve their sleep or reduce headaches or balance their hormones, you're not going to get the nutritional 
benefits you need from processed foods. So chances are, if you're eating too many of them, you may be overfed, but potentially malnourished. Oh, that's such a great way to phrase it, that you could be overfed, overfed but malnourished, because I do think calorie counting is huge nowadays mm. and people forget that there is nutritional value to be found in foods and it's not just a mathematical quiz you yeah. know your your dinner your plate shouldn't be an excel spreadsheet oh in your gosh. mind mentally and i the say stress. this i say this yeah. from suffering from an obsession with it for years as yeah. as you both know i think i've discussed yeah. this with you both before since we just touched on it now the c word calories <laughs> um whilst you know some people are looking to gain weight and eat more caloric dense food there's probably more out there looking to lose weight and cook calories and I'm sure you see that in your, your clinic too yeah, um, I've, I've been on the other end of it so I know how hard it is now isolated you could feel when you're someone who's looking to gain weight because no one <laughs> understands it but when it comes to wanting to lose weight people go straight to counting calories normally and cutting calories drastically at times can we touch on maybe before we dive into nutrition more the dangers of, of drastic dieting and low caloric yeah. diets you see, you can't you can't just count calories. You have to look at the food in front of you. Um, like an avocado and a Mars bar will have roughly the same calories, but they're entirely different foods. Mm. You know, an avocado is going to give you some good fats, good nutrients, some nice fiber, all these different things which are good for your brain, anti-inflammatory. Uh, great, we want all that. A Mars bar, on the other hand, while it's equal or thereabouts in terms of calories it's going to give you none of those benefits you're going to have a large amount of sugar the processed ingredients that Linda was talking about you know e-numbers all this sort of thing you're getting no health benefits but yet if you just look at the calories they're the same Mm -hmm. so you can't you can't just go by that you have to look at the quality of the foods yeah Um, and and I'd dare say count chemicals instead or count you know yes. um, vitamins or minerals or, or look at your plate in that sort of context it's the amount just, of colour yeah, yeah we yeah. just it's too simplistic and we can't yeah. just look at calories yeah. it's a flawed no, method I agree with you both so much and what frustrates me having been an online coach and still doing it somewhat at times um, that's all that attracts people is counting calories you know the videos that go viral on TikTok yeah. are telling you yeah. what low calorie foods yeah. are best so it's it's a bit of a tough one because no one has I suppose as much of an interest in listening to the dietitian or the nutritional therapist yeah. explain what doesn't sound as sexy yeah yeah. You know? and, and it's you know in a way It's simple. I had a conversation with a client only this week who was concerned about the number of calories in her breakfast. But actually, a couple of hours later, she was hungry. Mm -hmm. So I was going, I don't, I'm not concerned about the calories. A a calorie is a unit of measure of energy. That's all it is. So you're going to get, to Jenny's point, like if the calories are the same in two sources of food, that's just a measure of energy. But what else is in there? Yes, what micronutrients, yeah. what vitamins and minerals are in there? They're as Im- they're, m- they're more, more important. important. And if you get, th- look at, I mean, you can't say not looking at calories. Sometimes it's important for people to kind of just get a, an insight of, as to what they're consuming. But you do need to not obsess over counting anything, whether it's calories or macronutrients, because the more fashionable one that I see a lot of now is counting carbs or counting protein or whatever. Mm. And nothing like that, if it's affecting your relationship with food, yes, is worth doing. One hundred percent. I, you know, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't relate more. I think once you get to a point of obsession, it's something you'll be fighting yeah. for all of your life. I think yeah. it's good to be caloric aware. It's good to be kind of carbon protein level aware 
but there's a point there's a fine line where that can become too much um, I'd love to get your thoughts on this have you been doing calorie counting are you dieting are you on the same kind of page as us where it's something that you wouldn't do 083 306 9696 the dinner's ready .ie text and whatsapp line if you want to get in touch or if you have any nutritional related questions after the break we're going to dive into the most important aspects of our individual diets that you need to make sure you are doing and we're going to be talking about more things like sugars healthy fats and your gut health finding a healthier balance for every day building balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon you're very welcome back. It is Natalie Lennon here with you. It is Building Balance and Linda Murray and Jenny White, nutritional therapist from Bioga Nutrition here in Kilkenny are with me today. Ladies, moving on to a slightly different question, getting into the nitty gritty. Could I ask you, and I know this is a very difficult question to ask, you're probably going to dodge it, it in some shape or form, but can you name potentially five to six aspects or components of our diets that we need to include or focus on or areas that you maybe see lacking in your clinic? Oh yeah, I'm yeah, going to take the first yeah, one anyway. That's, that's which not a hard one. <laughs> a no-brainer that I see all the time is healthy fats in the diet. Um, fats can be really confusing for people and I don't blame them because there's so much misinformation out there. Um, you know, years ago, fat-free was, was the buzzword and, mm. and we often have clients come into us now who are thrilled with themselves saying, yeah, yeah, no, I avoid fat. But actually, that's not what we want at all. We need um, some of these healthy fats in our diet. They're called essential fatty acids because they're essential for our health and the body can't make them, so we have to take them in through our food. Yeah. These fats are super important for brain health, um, for our mood. They're anti-inflammatory in nature. Great for cardiovascular, um, you know, hormones. As said, hormones, yeah. So you know, they're far-reaching. In fact, the walls of every cell in our body is made from this fat. Yes. So we're talking trillions of cells here, and we have a high demand for it. So healthy fats are my number one. Uh, where you get them, oily fish would be the richest source. Yeah. So like salmon, mackerel, sardines, not everyone's cup of tea. Um, then maybe some plant sources would be like walnuts, flaxseed, chia seeds, um, almonds, some avocado, mm -hmm. olives, extra virgin olive oil in your salad dressings, that sort of thing. Um, that's the biggest gap I think I see. Yeah, I think because people are often so obsessed with counting calories, they leave fats out because, mm -hmm. well, fats has more calories than carbs and protein, yeah. but it's mm -hmm. so much more satiating yeah. and fat has been given a bad rep because people talk about gaining fat that doesn't mean you got it from eating fat yeah. it, you more likely got it from eating more sugar, sugar and processed exactly. foods yeah. um, when it comes to the essential fats since we're on it I want to come back to my main question but omega-3s being one of those um, can you maybe talk to me a little bit about the importance of omega-3s as fatty acids and just making sure we're including those in our diet yeah, so that would be, again, the oily fish, the walnuts, the flaxseed, that sort of thing. Like, they, as I said, they're essential for our health, but like our brain is made of about 60% fat. So this is the Incredible. kind of tissue we're regenerating mm -hmm. all the time that we need to be taking in these foods in order to make good tissue. Um, so omega-3s are super important. They're probably the number one, a little bit more so than the sixes. Um, sometimes the balance can be off, but I think in general, people just need to focus on the oily fish, if you like that, get the nuts, the seeds in. Yeah. Um, and as and I said, the extra virgin olive oil in a dressing or something. Yes. Yeah. 
I won't get into the nitty gritties of the balance being off with omega threes and sixes and nines, but I'm right in saying you do test for that in your clinic because it can be detrimental if yeah. it is way off. Yeah. We, we, we In the past when we've tested, you would see often omega-3 is lower. So omega-6 is found fairly widely in, a nor- you know, even in a healthy diet, even yeah. in sources of, say, chicken because it's corn-fed. So, you, you know, oh. while chicken wouldn't necessarily contain omega-6, you're going to get omega-6 if it's a corn-fed chicken, for example. So you'll get it through your food sources. So when yeah. we have tested in the past, 99% of the time, it's low omega-3s. And the balance is important because while they're both essential, we get a lot of omega-6, even from plant uh, seed oils like rapeseed oil, it'll, you'll get a lot more in your diet. But the omega-3, if it's lower, can be a very pro-inflammatory state in your body. So if you suffer from dry skin, if you suffer from any PMS, if you suffer from aches and pains, joint stiffness, um, that can all be an indication yeah. of low levels of omega-3. So we do test, we have the ability to test. We don't actually often nearly need to test, to be quite honest, because... You just know. Well, if somebody's not yeah. eating enough good fat, and I mean, Jenny mentioned the, the non-fish sources of omega-3, but they are, there's a process they have to go through to get to that anti-inflammatory state. So they're really good and we recommend they're included, but sometimes they're just not enough. And you may need to add in a supplement, you know, if specifically if you've fish. got a symptom mm. that you know that yeah. would warrant take, taking down that level of inflammation or something yeah absolutely I just think it's always so important to emphasise that omega 3s are crucial yeah. mm. and plant sources are fantastic but potentially not enough sometimes yeah. it's just always good to emphasise that okay so we've got one aspect healthy fats can we get another oh god the choices so I suppose <laughs> do you know what I'm going to go with fibre because we recommend lots of different plants to be included in your diet over the course of the week but one of the reasons we want plants in your diet is to increase the levels of fibre so we are notoriously fibre deficient as a society and I only heard a quote from somebody recently saying probably if we didn't as a a nation if we didn't drink more coffee there'd probably be a lot more people and alcohol a lot more people would be constipated but because of our (laughs) stress levels and our coffee and our alcohol we're not, but it just goes to show the lack of plants and fibre yeah. in our diet is quite significant. So I know there's a number of 25 grams, which seems like very a very high quantity. But what I would say to people is if you try and include plants, and when I'm talking about plants, I'm talking about any fruits, vegetables, nuts or seeds, beans, lentils and chickpeas, try and include them in every meal. Like mm-hmm. meat is great but it doesn't contain fibre and we need fibre it's like a brush for your insides to clear out the waste in your digestive tract I love the way you describe that it's like a brush for your insides yeah but it's also really important because when we don't digest the fibre it's used by our microbiome so the bugs in our large intestine my favourite topic (laughs) um, and the bugs use it as a source of food for them so it's a prebiotic for them so it's absolutely critically important to have a good healthy microbiome and fibre is a very big part of that. And when it comes to our mental health, you know, one of the things that you do in clinic is work with people to improve their mental health through yeah. therapy, which is nutrition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you speak about the importance of having a healthy microbiome, which yeah. I think most people probably don't. Even myself, I struggle. It's hard sometimes when you're yeah. very busy to get in plants at every meal. We yeah. had Ashley O'Kelly from AOK Nutrition 
recommended trying to what we should be trying to do is get like 35 different fruit and veg and plants in every week yeah. but how many of us do that because we pick up the same broccoli we pick up the same courgette yeah. but going back to the the mental health side of things your gut so your microbiome which is within the gut mm-hmm. I, I'm like making sure <laughs> I'm lifting my tone of voice being like am I right yeah. um, absolutely <laughs> when it comes to how our gut is connected to our brain so I know there is this um, vagus nerve mm-hmm. and I think often when we're low we don't realise just how important it is to focus on our nutrition because we reach straight for the Ben and Jerry's and the biscuits and I'm guilty of that too we all have our days oh, we all have us yeah but can you talk to me a little bit about how food really impacts our mental state Yeah, so you've touched on a number of topics there, including the microbiome, our gut health, um, but also in terms of like micronutrients. You know, we know that we need certain B vitamins, magnesium, zinc, this sort of thing to help us make serotonin, which is our happy hormone. So we need to ensure that there's a steady supply of vitamins and minerals coming into the diet. We need to try to keep the fats as well that we touched on earlier, very important. Often there's many studies showing that, you know, with low levels of omega-3, there tends to be a higher tendency of rates of depression and vice versa. The higher the intake of the omega-3s, the lower the incidence of depression. Now, it's not as cut and dry as that, but that's the overall pattern that's coming out. So we have the micronutrients, we have the fats, um, the gut health as well. If your gut is off, you know, they'd say if there's misery in the gut, there's misery in the brain. And so we read what misery in the gut might look like could be you know, alternating bowel habits. It could be constipation, diarrhea, not things you're going to talk about openly, really. But for anyone listening, you know, are you experiencing those things? Would you have a lot of flatulence, wind, pain, um, you know, burping, reflux, anything like that is a... a, Food sensitivities. Yeah. Yeah. It's a clue to the body that something's a little bit out of whack here and we need to address it. So definitely we get the gut working properly because, again, if your gut's not working properly, you mightn't be able absorbing your nutrients you could be eating a great diet but actually if the digestive factory is a little bit out of whack you mightn't be absorbing them and getting the benefits yeah so there's lots of different elements to it really but food can have a huge impact in terms of mood on our mental health we had stats sorry just across because i I really like this stat one of the stats we've used previously is for every one signal going from your brain to your gut there are nine signals going from your gut back to your brain so if you think you're brain is running your body it's probably the other way around you know and it's I don't think we and all of those colloquialisms like you know butterflies in your tummy or gut instinct gut instinct Mm. they they all come from a very valid place of and there's huge amount of research going into the microbiome and brain health and um, even weight loss and it's all coming from uh, APC the Microbiome Institute in Cork there's a phenomenal amount wow. of research happening down there all on that connection so a huge okay. amount I love that that's definitely a line I think I'll pop up on Instagram <laughs> afterwards after the break I'm going to come back to get maybe one or two more essential components so that we can like let people walk away with at least say four that Brilliant. they should have in their diet and maybe go into a little bit more on intolerances and sugar with weekly advice from health industry experts, Building Balance on KCLOR with Natalie Lennon.
Now you are listening to Building Balance. Natalie Lennon here and we have Linda Murray and Jenny White from Yoga Nutrition, Nutritional Therapists from Kilkenny with us. Ladies, we have been discussing some of the most important aspects that we need to have in our diet, which can completely change our health, our lifestyle. I'm not sure who it was I had in here. Could have been Ashing. O'Kelly also where we said we think most people actually have never experienced what it's like to be at optimal health because so many people oh, yeah. are lacking these things in their diet and what a shame it is yeah. to go through your life never knowing what it's like to be fully yeah. well. So we've had healthy fats we'd, we've had fibre and gut health would you be able to give me maybe one or two more? Um, I think I would go with fruit and vegetables but I would take a slightly different line yes you will get fibre which is what Linda was saying but I would choose them from a different angle so I would say to people to eat the rainbow to try and have colour on your plate mm-hmm. all the time because the more colour and the more variety of foods equals the wider the variety of nutrients that you're getting the wider range of vitamins minerals and phytochemicals which are these chemicals which help protect us against disease um, we'll also get a nice range of um fuel for our microbiome as well from those which is great uh, and so you know each different colour will bring with it some different nutrients and health properties so each colour is good for a different thing which mm-hmm. is helpful but also if you just take the, the simple um, premise of the rainbow get one from each colour in so that could be you know you might have some berries for your breakfast it could be you know an omelette for lunch red tomato spinach peas onion yeah. maybe your white or whatever you know maybe a curry for dinner or stir fry get in you know another bit of orange um, it just takes a little bit more awareness and planning it does and I suppose if you think colour it's a simple rule but you'll get a great wide range of nutrients absolutely and so you're ticking lots of boxes with a little effort yeah I have to say it's a rule that has changed my life when it comes to my nutrition just thinking well where's my colour mm. yeah it, it really has um, okay and maybe I could turn to you Linda for maybe a fourth one yeah, um, I suppose I can't not include protein here. So yes. protein is, when people ask what protein is, protein would be like your meat, your fish, your eggs, your nuts and seeds, um, beans, lentils and chickpeas. There's lots of different plant sources of protein rather than just your, your meat and, and yeah. fish sources. But protein is required to provide you with a raw material that like... The, micro, the amino acids that you get from protein you can't get from your carbs, your fat. So I suppose that's really important for people to think you can have a really good diet but you need to have all of the macronutrients. Mm-hmm. Um, but protein keeps you fuller for longer. So yeah. often people are eating because they're hungry or they, they get to you know 7 o'clock in the evening and they haven't eaten all day and they're absolutely ravenous so they end up grazing for the entire evening. And if that's how you're feeling you need to see have you included protein with your breakfast and lunch in particular? We're very good, I think, especially if you're a meat eater. It's very easy to say, oh, I'll have chicken with whatever for your dinner. Mm-hmm. But often you might be having a bowl of cereal for your breakfast or a sandwich for your lunch and there may be no protein for breakfast or lunch and then you're just not satisfied when it comes to, to evening time. So including some protein with every meal and snack if you eat them, I think is important. Yeah, I'm someone who snacks a lot and I have no, from my history, I think I had to for a while to gain and now it's there forever and I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. But I've noticed if I don't have um, the fats and proteins or at least one of them with the carb as a snack, I'm hungry so much sooner oh, afterwards. Yeah. Um, so energy balls are something I'm spending way too much money on lately <laughs> and I need to start making my own again. Yeah. Um, okay, now one thing that I did want to touch on with you both was sugar. 
we often kind of hear the question, well, we do in this world, maybe listeners you may not have, is sugar a carbohydrate? Um, I believe I'm right in saying it is a carbohydrate. Yeah. Um, could you talk to us about maybe the dangers of having a lot of sugar in our diet or do you see it a lot in clinic as well? Yeah, so it's kind of back to a car- all carbohydrates are not bad. Let's start with that piece of it, right? So carbohydrates include... Carbohydrates basically by definition break down to glucose. So it's a small molecule of sugar. But if you look across all fruit are carbs, all vegetables, all nuts, all seeds, all whole grains. So your breads, some of your breads, your flours, your rice, your noodles, they're all carbohydrates. Now, so included in that are your alcohol, your biscuits, your jellies, your crisps, they're also all carbohydrates. So they're not all the same. When you're talking about sugar, I suppose we're talking about added sugar. So whether it's adding a teaspoon of sugar into your food or if you're eating processed foods that contain a lot of sugar. And, you know, there are lots of different rules. And I suppose, generally speaking, we mentioned it earlier, if if you're not eating a huge amount of processed food, you might be okay. But even if somebody says to me, oh, I'm following a, a very good vegan diet, say, for all the world, but it's all processed food, the, the, the sugar content in that may be very high. So yeah. you really need to be aware, you know, in a combined effort, how much sugar you're taking in your yeah. diet. So I would say, and our general line is all the time, Natalie, eat real food as much as you can and you're not really going to run into the challenge with too much sugar in your diet. Or yes. like if you're putting two or three <coughs> teaspoons of sugar into your tea or coffee, you're going to be aware of that. Whereas if you're eating food or a yogurt that has four or five teaspoons of sugar in it, you could very easily be hitting high numbers without even being aware, I suppose. Yogurts can be a bit of a, mm. a kind of a sneaky one because people yeah. just think, oh, I'll pick up some yogurts, they're healthy. And, and the strawberry flavour, so that's good for me. Ah, mm. But you know. generally it's not strawberries, it's a sweetened flavour. Yeah, 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 it's a really, it's like a minefield when you go into yeah. the supermarket and you stand there and you look at all the yogurts. There's yeah. so many. Who is really going to pick up the non-flavoured over all the lovely kind of, you know, berry flavoured ones. Well, we probably will because we know, but not everyone knows. But do you know the the other side of it is a lot of them, it's very difficult anymore to find full fat yogurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's really difficult. And what makes, why I I always choose full fat yogurt is the fat content of milk is, is a low percentage anyway, right? Yeah. But fat, and you mentioned it earlier, is what provides satiety. So if you take the fat out, you take from a food processing perspective, you need to add in something to give it a better creamy mouthfeel. So there's another ingredient which you don't need. And they have to add sugar or sweeteners in there yeah. to make it taste nice because fat tastes nicer than... So there's a list of ingredients going in just by the, the fact that they've taken the fat out there, even if you never added the sugar in. Yeah, so it's point. kind of a double whammy. Yeah. So yogurts are, they are very difficult. It's if you difficult. can just buy plain natural yogurt yeah. and put fruit in, great yeah live natural yogurt because if you see live on the front that means you're getting some beneficial bacteria for your gut as, as well. well really important so on the topic of sugar we mm. were chatting about this a little bit before we came in how much sugar should we be having a day or trying to limit ourselves to even this is great question because when we were trying to figure it out we couldn't come up with a straight answer for you to be quite honest so we know that less than five grams per hundred grams in in um in a, like on a food label yes. is, is a low sugar product. Probably nine teaspoons of sugar per adult and six te- teaspoons of sugar per child is the maximum that, that somebody should yeah. be having. 
But on different websites, I've seen different guidance. And this mm. is what we were chatting about. We've all looked at websites before coming in here and found some different results. Yeah. And just, I suppose, to elaborate on that more, when it comes to sugar, uh, looking at food labels, number one, I don't think we look at food labels enough. I don't think we know how to break them down or what we're even looking at. People tend to look straight to the calories and they look at the traffic light system, which I think is wrong half the time. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to teaspoons so we're saying maybe seven to nine teaspoons of added sugar for adults on a teaspoon of sugar i think i'm right in saying there's around 4.6 grams if you take four, four grams four to grams be one teaspoon yeah. yeah so when we look at a food label and it's saying here's carbohydrates of which sugars, sugars yeah. that's where if you see you know four grams that's one teaspoon if you see eight grams that's two teaspoons when it comes to, um, Jenny, before we came in, you were talking about Club Orange. Yeah, so I did just a little bit of investigating into fizzy drinks um, lately, just to see what was the current lay of the land. Mm-hmm. And you might be surprised, like an average can of Coke is about nine teaspoons. Um, a can of Club Orange, sorry, a bottle of Club Orange, so you know, like the 500 mils, like the contour mm. bottles. Yeah. 16.5 teaspoons in one bottle of Club Orange. 16.5. So we were saying for an average adult, nine max per day. So you're you're nearly doubling by just having one bottle of Club mm. Orange. And, and that's without taking any other food or drinking. Yeah. Like you'd never add... 16 teaspoons or even nine in a can of coke whatever to your tea or your coffee Never. so you know why would you drink it in another guys like that and yeah. i suppose that that just leads me to one other point is i often hear clients then say oh but listen i drink the the coke zero or the mm. free and they think they're doing great work then but actually if you were to taste them it still tastes very sweet even though there's no sugar, so why is that? The thing is, there's a lot of artificial chemicals and sweeteners to make it so sweet. Yeah. And over-consuming those artificial um, sweeteners can bring its own set of problems. It can disrupt our microbiome, which is this collection of bugs in the, the digestive tract that we were talking about. Um, neurological issues for some people, like migraines or, you know, jitters, heart palpitations, like these monster drinks, that sort of thing. So I'm not saying like one can is going to, you know, disrupt your health, but definitely it's not something you want to be making a habit of and over consuming on a frequent basis yeah very i'm so glad you brought that up it's a very good point and like you know balance everything in moderation Mm. but picking up the coke zero instead of a coke we'll try and opt for neither if possible maybe one or two the odd time it's not going to kill you but um i see people picking up both regularly and it has to be doing so much damage when it comes to looking at a food label um just if, if you could remember this from today's show if you can take down these figures if you're sitting at home at the table looking at a label or go to your press take out the biscuits uh, we both got different figures on this looking mm. at different websites but if the total sugars per 100 gram is over let's say roughly 20 grams yeah I got 15 high. on a diabetic yeah. website and you got over 20 on a different website so yeah. it just goes to show you know it, it's a high number mm. <laughs> so. and if it's less than 5 grams Less than five sugars. seems to be consistent, yeah. And just to give people an idea here, particularly if you're buying cereals for your family, for your children, in Frosties, it's 37 grams per 100 gram. Now, high is considered over 15 to 20. That's yeah. 37 in Frosties that you're starting off on for the day. Cornflakes, in comparison... Nine, actually. That's nine teaspoons in your Frosties yes. starting off nine the day. Nine teaspoons. Just to highlight that. Crazy. And seven 
grams, seven to eight per 100 gram in cornflakes. Now, cornflakes on their own, we're still saying you want to add in some healthy fats, protein, (laughs) colour, but just to give you an idea of the difference, because I think cereals and granolas catch a lot of people. Granolas can be a killer. Yeah. Because they look healthy. They do, and they taste good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, we will be back after this short break just to squeeze in a little bit more. With simple ways to enhance your quality of life. Building Balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon. You are very welcome back to the show. Into our last 10 minutes here, 083-306-9696 if you want to get in. Any questions for Linda and Jenny here from Bioga Nutrition. Ladies, we've spoken about so much that I think is going to be extremely helpful for anyone who has listened to today's show and if you've only just tuned in you can catch it on Spotify afterwards I will try and get it up as quick as I can I did want to touch on one more thing of course we didn't get enough time to touch on it all gluten and dairy gluten and dairy often get a really bad rap you know we see tags on many foods saying gluten free dairy free because as a nation we're starting to believe that's better is is it better is the scaremongering all a little dramatic or do you would you, would you say that they are something we should be limiting? I think that's a very broad question. And in yeah. a nutshell, it depends. It depends. <laughs> um, it's generally our answer. And I suppose if you're someone who has a sensitivity to gluten or you're celiac or, you know, dairy doesn't sit well with you or you're allergic or something, then obviously, yes, these you have to go that way. However, one caveat is a lot of these products, um, like a gluten-free product or, uh, you know, there's a lot of processed um, ingredients in them. You know, there's e-numbers, additives, all the rest that could be high sugars. They're not necessarily better for you. You know, what we would be saying to clients is to try and choose foods that are just naturally gluten-free. Excuse me. So that could be, back to our old friends, nuts, seeds, rice, um, oats um, are are naturally Mm -hmm. gluten-free. You know, fruit, vegetables, all that sort of jazz. There's no... There's no big ingredients list and you don't need to buy the special product. I think you're best not to presume you have an intolerance. I think that's what a lot of people do nowadays, but just out of interest in, and then if you do, you know what to go for. Yeah. In clinic, do you come across a lot of people coming in with intolerances, needing help and guidance with their diets? Yeah, we do. Like, I mean, I'd say... 90% 90% of the clients that come into us will have some kind of a, a gut issue. Mm. And, you know, even, I suppose, Jenny made the point, if somebody's very sensitive, sometimes we do need to take foods out for a period of time. Not necessarily gluten or dairy, but, you know, you might need to take out FODMAP foods or whatever, but it should only be a short period of time while you're trying to get some healing in or identify the real root cause of, of what's going on. Because if you take out foods, ultimately, you're you know, you're you're narrowing the scope of what people are eating and it's not necessarily a good thing. And once you know you have to restrict something, you want it more and that can lead to this kind of binge pattern on whatever the food is you're, you know, not supposed to have in quotations. No, and it's just, it's trying to keep, like we do take the pressure off the digestive system. You know, we're running a digestive reset program as we speak, actually, it's ongoing at the moment. And the first week we talk to our, our participants about you know, removing potentially problematic foods, but it's only for a short period of time. And we're, I'm always, I, I'm so, I reiterated and reiterated because I've seen people on a, on a on a really limited diet and that in turn will cause more problems. And you just, yeah, that's yeah. not where you want to get to. You want to get to the point where people can incorporate as much yes. food in their diet as they want to and not be really limited. 
I think when it comes to our diets, we will never be educated enough in school. And then once you leave school, you're definitely not going to be educated enough on it unless you go and do the work. And typically that is going to see a nutritional therapist or a dietitian. Like I know I'm a nutritional coach. I like to think that is also a kind of a bit more up there than a personal trainer. I'm a personal trainer too, but as a personal trainer, you get a half day on how to teach someone to count their calories and it's not enough. So ladies, I'd recommend everyone try and get down to see it, book in with Bioga Nutrition, get onto the website, book a consultation. The two of you are incredible and you're changing so many lives. If people want to get in touch, book a consultation, where can they do so? Uh, the website is bioganutrition.ie. You can book through there or we're on Instagram and Facebook if you want to contact us there. So, And if we always offer, if somebody is curious and not sure whether we're the right fit, we would always say, you know, give us a call or we can give you a call and we'll have a chat for 10 minutes and see if we can help you to, you know, are we comfortable to work with you? Are you comfortable to work with us to see if we can do what we can do? Amazing. And uh, we've had great results, I think, to date. So I'd be very happy saying that to be quite honest amazing well there you have it guys bioganutrition.ie and their Instagram as well bioganutrition will have them tagged on Instagram too really quickly I'm going to try and squeeze in my usual segments here with simple things you can do the building balance life hack your life hack for the week decrusting microwave horrible way to phrase it soak a sponge in water pop it in the microwave let it cruise around for like a minute and this hack is a double whammy because it loosens all of the horrible stuff that sticks to your microwave if you don't cover your food like me even though I know I should every time and it makes it way easier to wipe away plus it helps to disinfect the sponge too so that is your hack for this week and now it's time to get to know the guest knowing me, knowing the building balance get to know the guest we're going to have to fly through this, ladies. We'll go to Jenny, Linda, Jenny first. Your favourite meal? Oh, God. Um, pasta. <laughs> favourite walk? Um, Lenny Woods. Lovely. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. I'm a night owl. <laughs> Swimming or running? Oh, can I go for a walk instead? <laughs> <laughs> we'll allow it. Your favourite dessert? Baked Alaska. Oh, lovely. Favourite fruit? Apples? Last watch on Netflix. Oh, that Spotify docu-series thing. We'll um. take it. We'll take it. <laughs> Last thing you ate. <laughs> A chicken curry from Marble City Bar today. <laughs> we love it. Tea or coffee? Tea. Mm-hmm. Heinz or chef ketchup? Chef. Oh, that controversial. is controversial. controversial. Barry's or lines? Barry's. Ooh. Uh, let me finish with one more for you each. Spring or summer? Spring. Love it. Biking or hiking? Oh, neither, but hiking at a push. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Get to know the guest. KCLR. Well, that is it from me on Building Balance for another week. It has been a pleasure, as always, to be here with you. Thank you all for joining me this evening. We won't get our track of the week in, but I do have a Building Balance Spotify playlist if you want to go and hear some of my motivational tracks there. Own Carrie is on the way with Fully Loaded, so do not go anywhere because we have plenty of music to get you through your evening. A huge thanks to my two amazing guests, nutritional therapists Linda Murray and Jenny White from Bioga Nutrition, bioganutrition.ie, for their time and expertise shared here today. We will be back at the same time again next week for our final episode of the series. As I always say, I'll leave you and love you. We'll talk to you next week. 
with simple ways to enhance your quality of life. Building Balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon.